Thank you very much. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Well, uh, you kind of look in a distant spot out there. Uh, some of you see a sea of chairs. We're getting ready. And uh, this is what 280 people will look like. And we have extra chairs to bring in. So, um, Lloyd, you okay way over there? Different vantage point, right? And uh, anyway, it's great. Great to have you here with us this morning. And uh, the countdown has begun in so many different ways. And uh, we're rejoicing in all that God is doing on our behalf. Amen? Let's go to him in prayer. Dear God, we are thankful for what we have heard and we've been singing about already in these songs. We lift our voices and sing them to you. You are the great and merciful Savior. It was your Heavenly Father's plan to send you here to this earth. And you willingly surrendered your will for his will. And you accomplished the task in a way that only brings glory to your Father. God, we are delighted to be the recipients of that today. And I pray that in our time together this morning that our hearts will be lifted and directed towards you and all the various elements of life that this past week have created challenges and questions and doubts and fears and all kinds of different emotions. I pray that we can lay them at your feet this morning. As we begin to prepare for this holiday season, family and friends from afar, and we're so excited to already see some of them trickling in, and that's exciting, and we know that there's more excitement to come. However, we also know that you are the reason for the season, and we want to be mindful of that. And we know that today that there's a host of people, not only in this county, but around the world, who are struggling with all kinds of issues. And the big one is sin. And the fact that that has taken away your intent, but by coming, you can reconcile us to you again. God, we pray that this Christmas would be that for so many, the greatest gift. For those today that are not feeling well, we pray especially for them. Encourage them and their caregivers. We pray especially that you work in their hearts and in their lives. May they look to you. We think of Angela today as she's preparing for surgery on Tuesday. We ask that you go before those that will be ministering to her and pray that you'll guide their hands, give them great wisdom. And I pray that this surgery from our standpoint would be, would be successful in so many different ways. God, we lean on you, and we know that both Ross and Angela are leaning on you for the outcome. And I pray that you will be there in such a way that they can't miss it, and they will recognize you in and through it. We think this morning of Tom Williamson, as even as we're speaking here. Churches are the two churches that he's been interim the last little while is considering the call to call him to come to their church. We pray that you'll give that congregation, both those congregations, your mind. I pray that it will be very clear. We thank you for his faithfulness and willingness 
to serve you in this capacity. And I pray that you will, again, today, prove yourself strong on his behalf. We think of Bob and Avis today as they're up in the Miramichi preaching the word of God, probably even as we speak. We pray for Bob that you'll give him the words to say, encourage them. For others that are traveling and that will be traveling, we pray a special blessing on each of them. We think of our missionaries today again. We thank you for them, encourage them, and I pray that as they go through this Christmas season that they too will be reminded of your love and the love of so many around them that are praying faithfully and supporting them. God, we thank you that we can open your word this morning without any fear of persecution. And as we do it, I pray that we will do it with an attentive heart. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible there, let's look at Luke this morning. Luke chapter 1. I'm just going to read a little bit, and we're going to jump into our names of Jesus from Isaiah. We want to look at Luke chapter 1. And verse 26 leads up to what we're talking a little bit about and uh, good timing all the way around. It says, now in the sixth month, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name, altogether, Jesus. Verse 32. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I don't even know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also has conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. And if you don't have verse 37 marked, I would encourage you to. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And then I think verse 38 tells us why Mary was chosen. Because at that point, Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. God said it, and that settled it. There was no yabats. There had to have been a ton of them, right? And we know the rest of the story. 
just as God said. We were reminded and looking back at Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, and that was sung about this prophetic. This was something that was loaded up long before this took place. And the Old Testament prophecies begin to unveil and reveal the fact that there would be a promised one who would come and they would call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And then we've been looking at this passage in Isaiah chapter 9 and uh, working our way through the fact that this child and this son who the government would be on his shoulder and his name would be, first of all, last Sunday night we started with the word wonderful. As I got thinking through and working through this, I, I kind of come across this little diagram that hopefully help you to understand. We can say the words, but we, do we see the significance it almost looks to me like there's some progressive truth that is taking place with the names of Jesus. This has to be the bedrock. Jesus' name is wonderful. Okay. Did you see that little sparkle in Elizabeth's eye up here? That wasn't just the stage lights. You know what's happening in her life? Something wonderful. Could you tell? I can't wait. Talk to her a little later. How about you? Because there's something wonderful. Like a child. When he sees that Christmas tree on Christmas morning and we went to bed, I remember one year we had no gifts. And I don't know how it happened, but we came down that morning dragging our sorry little selves down knowing that we had been told unequivocally, don't expect anything under the tree. It was a bad year. Bankruptcy, the whole nine yards. They had drugged dads, all of his 30 pieces of equipment. They had taken them away. I remember them trying to take the family automobile away. I can remember all this kind of stuff. And so we knew things were tough. And so when mom and dad set us down and we had the family meeting and I was the youngest of all of them, I'm like, really? I thought they were kidding. And even afterwards, I asked my brother, 10 years older than me. Rick, does that mean we're not going to get anything? And he said, Wayne, nothing. Zero. That morning we came down the stairs and all of a sudden we turned the corner. We couldn't get in the room. The place was loaded with gifts. It was like a, a Christmas wonderland. I don't even think my parents knew our name had been taken by the town. And they put together a Christmas. We didn't even, I didn't move. I was only six. I just stopped. We talked last week about the wonder of God 
when he reaches into our lives and unveils and opens our eyes and we begin to see him for who he is. For the very first time, it's wonderful. Thank you. Trevor, I'm in a bag of trouble up here this morning. I just noticed something. There's no gate. So if I forget and I come out over the edge, Keith will finish for me this morning. I better come over here, huh? But he moves from there and it's counselor. The mighty God. Click, 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 click. The everlasting Father. And the heart of it is the Prince of Peace. I want you to think about that diagram. What is it that we're all looking for? You're going to begin to hear it ratchet up in the news. What are we praying for? Peace on earth. There's going to be all these men that are getting together and they're going to be talking about how somehow we can lay our arms down and finally be at peace with one another. You'll hear the reports from the Middle East. You'll hear the story from the BBC. You'll hear Obama. You'll hear Harper. You'll hear all the world leaders and they're crying for peace. And if there's one thing right now individually we're crying for is just a little peace. As I thought about this, I see the progression, the maturity that's taking place in the individual's lives because as you look at 1 John, you begin to see 1 John unfolding in front of us. Maturity levels in our faith. And as a child, I was totally enamored by that Christmas. And we come to Christ and we know Him as our personal Savior. And it's like childlike faith, right? There's nothing like a bunch of new converts. If we had a few this morning, you know where they would be? In the front row. Because they don't know any better yet. They would have been here tons of... They would have been here early. They'd have had the biggest Bible they could have found, probably drug it in here with a wheelbarrow. They would have sung those songs like it was the first time that they could ever sing. And they would have just been praising God. But you can't stay a child forever, can you? We need to grow in our faith, in our understanding of who God is. And as we do, the wonderment begins to move into some of these foundational truths of him being the counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, so that eventually when we are elder, not age elder, maturity elder, we have the peace passeth all understanding. Isn't it great to get around a couple of those anchors? 
There is one on there. I thought I saw one. An anchor. Someone who has been in the fire, who's come through the fire, who's lived through it all, and they're still praising God. They have the wonderment of it all. And yet, there is a calmness about them. Not like the weather department this last week. My goodness. They stayed ratcheted that storm up. We, it was going to be the storm of whatever, right? We're from New Brunswick, aren't we? Haven't we seen snow before? You would think we hadn't by how they were forecasting and what we ought to be doing. And even the power, as challenging as that is, is that really a big deal? We've lost the power before. And guess what? We live to tell the tale. Some of us would rather tell the tale, but that's another story. This is what I'm working from. This is what I've been thinking about. As we consider the names of Jesus Christ and as we present him to our world, Who are we presenting Jesus Christ as? We begin with the wonder of wonders. It starts there. Because when you think about it, folks, really, wonder leads to worship. Worship leads to growth. Growth leads to character. And character is maturity. God wants us to be awed with him, not at odd, O-D-D, A-W-E, awed with him. He's awesome, isn't he? I can't work you up, folks. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you to think this morning. And we can do it when we stop and realize what he has been doing in our lives. That would be a good time for an amen. And last Sunday night we stuck you out the door with a homework assignment. To think a little bit. Journal a little bit. Write down a little bit. Whatever you want to call it. But get something down because I can guarantee you. The wonderment will be challenged. We have a group of people today. This is all they're living for. If God doesn't wow them, I'm out of here. And we're beginning to look more like a circus than we are a church. It's not the signs and the wonders. My friend, it is the individual Christ that we present. Christ is wonderful. This morning, in the time that we have, I want to talk to you a little bit about this one, counselor. When we think about that word, we think about he takes care of the decisions of our life. 
counselor. Wonderful counselor. Psalm 73 verse 24 says, You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me into heaven. It's not just about now. It's about for all eternity. This counsel is it's vital to our existence. Without counsel of Jesus Christ. Ooh, we're in serious trouble, aren't we? As we think of that, the word counsel denotes honorable rank. Hmm. Jesus fit that one? Honorable rank. One fitted for the role. The ability to stand with kings and princes as an advisor. When I read that statement, I thought of Joseph, right? Standing with Pharaoh. And advising him. Daniel. Daniel standing in the courts being able to advise. The role of counselor. Standing toe to toe with the world leaders and being able to give them advice. And they are not just brand new, but they are proven. And their advice is qualified. They are Qualified to guide and direct. Counselor. Do we see Jesus in that light? We know that he is proven and qualified. I don't think we have to go very far on that one, do we? Are we okay? He's proved himself over and over and over. But let's be reminded. Three things this morning, quickly. The first one was he was proven way before the beginning of the world. In Genesis chapter 1, he was there before the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, before anything else that we know of ever existed, they were there and they said, let us. They counseled. He was there they also said at the end of everything, and it was good. And when he created man and woman, he said that is very good. I like Job. Got Job. Got to, I got turned to Job. Let's look there. You ever get the doldrums? You ever get the yabots with God? I know none of you do here. Get to that place where, you know, I, I, I just need some help, but, you know, um, I, I really don't know where to go and what to do, and maybe I'm, yeah, well, but, yeah. Does he, eh, well, I don't know. And if I can find Job, that would really help me. I'm in Jeremiah right now. That won't work. There, there it is. After the end of everything that was going on in Job's life, you think about where Job was at that particular point. Any of you, you know, I mean, we're probably not quite where Job is, but when your life gets all wrapped up and it's all over the place and you don't really know what to do and wherever and you've got all kinds of different reasons and statements that you're throwing around and all of a sudden, 
counselors that had come to see him, they're kind of fading in the past. God's had enough, and he shows up. And Job 38, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? <laughs> words are not enough when it comes to God. And then if you get, if you need one of these moments where you need a good reflection on life and get yourself back squared around the series of questions. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? So you think you got it all together, huh? Where were you? So you think you can advise me? Well, how have you commanded the morning since the day's begun and caused the dawn to know its place? Verse 16, have you entered the springs of the sea? Have you walked in, the search, uh, in, the, in search of the depths? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Counselor, we could read on. It's just a wonderful couple chapters of God just kind of unveiling the veil and revealing how big he really is and how itty-bitty we are. I'm usually the other way. I get real big. My problems are totally out of control. They're astronomic, catastrophic, and you could put all the kinds of other adjectives along with it to describe it. And guess where God is? Real small. So if you ever get in that place, here's a great passage for you, just to kind of get reality back. Because that's what the angel said to Mary. God can do what? The impossible to us. So we see this taking place before the world. Then, a little bit further on, we see the example of Jesus Christ when he walked on this earth. He is proven and qualified. His teaching, we could talk all kinds about how he taught, the way he taught, the the the. Just the, the whole attitude that he had towards people, his compassion towards people, the contacts, rich, poor, made no difference to him. And then we see the disciples, how he dealt with them, with patience, with prayer, and with persistence. Jesus, counselor. We know all that, right? But do we know that he's available for us today? Before the foundation of the world, when he walked on this world, and now today, even as he is in the heavenlies, this same Jesus is counselor for you and for me. Some things we can work on here. As we think a little bit about this particular area, we know that he loves us. You know, sometimes when you go see your doctor, are you convinced he loves you? I mean, is that really big? I mean, really on your list? Like, you know, you, you want to have a hug in with your doctor and, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? 
And then there are sometimes after you've been, you know, he's given a prescription, you're, you're kind of doubting. Jesus isn't like your doctor. Because Jesus proved how much he loved you already. I mean, that sets him apart from any other counselor. And with that, he knows everything there is to know about you. And he still loves you. This is starting to get in the deep end of the pool. Welcome on to the boat with me. As I'm walking down through that, thinking through just this week. What a scoundrel. I can't believe it. I mean, I can get all worked up into a dizzy over any little thing, and he still what? Loves me. It doesn't give me license to go out and do stupid things and disobey him, but I want you to know, because he loves me, he knows who I am, and he is praying for me. John 17, where if you want to come out to prayer meeting, we can talk a little bit more about that one on Wednesday night. We're jumping into that prayer right now, and how Jesus prays for himself, prays for his disciples, and then he prays for others. It's amazing when you see the love that is associated with the prayer of Jesus Christ towards his believers. But Hebrews tells us that he's not just praying, he is continuing to pray. Everlasting prayer for you and for me. This is your counselor. And then we read verses like this out of John. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Hey, folks. Hey, oh, oh, everybody look up, please, just a minute. Ready? I, I, I'm going through this. I'm sorry. I'm your pastor, okay? I'm not sorry that I'm your pastor. I'm just sorry that I'm... I, I, they get this title. Do you know that sometimes Christmas is the hardest season for preachers? For sermons? Because it's... We know this. We got the story down. And somehow or other, I'm struggling to make it into my own life. The reality of the fact that, my goodness, he is wonderful. He's done so many wonderful things to me. But yet, when it comes to this area of counsel, I have a tendency to draw back. When he says, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, weary and laden, and I will give you rest. He's saying that to us. He's saying that to you. Some of you this morning right now look like you could use a good sleep. Do that in a few minutes, okay? But do you get weary and well-doing? Some of you are carrying unbelievable weights. Stuff happened. I talked to an individual this week in the States. I can't even I can't even explain the atrocities. 
and how that is still impacting and influencing the life of this person right now, it's catastrophic. And Jesus is saying to us, come. James says, if any man lack wisdom, what is he supposed to do? Google. You got a question? Ask Jesus. You got a question this morning? It sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? I mean, is, is everybody in agreement with this statement? Is that a good statement? Theologically, mentally, I understand it, but practically, I sometimes don't. Pick up the phone. Hit the computer. Talk to all my buddies. I try to avoid it. And then when I can't wrestle any longer, I finally ask him. Why do I do that? Why is Jesus the last resort? When he is proven, he is qualified, he has done it for me before. I can only come up with three reasons. There's probably a hundred more. Sometimes it's just plain ignorance on my part. Either I don't want to bother him or I just don't even think about it. I'm just... <laughs> Could be. Maybe I've asked and get a response. And we know, we've talked about this one before, Jesus always answers prayer, right? Yes, no, or really? We understand that. But sometimes I get impatient because I want it now. I drive into a car lot. Used to be a former life. Not so much now. I get most of that kicked out of me after having multiple vehicles. And Anyway. You ever drove into a, into a parking lot? You see that car? Wow, that's cool. Flash prayer. God, what do you think? Should I buy it? Salesman comes out. Okay, I guess I will. I didn't hear anything. No news is good news, right? <laughs> but this one here is the most deceptive. I didn't like his answer. God says it, and that's supposed to what? Whether we believe it or not. My friend, now we're dealing with insubordination. God's counsel. Jesus Christ is our counselor. He wants us to come to him. How does he do it? Time's slipping by, and I knew this would happen, so I put all these references in there for you, but I want you to see the diagram. 
diagram is not inspired, but it was just something to help us to put it together. So when we think about it, how do we know? How does God, Jesus, or Jesus counsel us today? You're not going to get an email from Jesus. Okay? You okay with that? You probably won't have Jesus come to your bed. Don't think that's going to happen. How does he work today? Five things. You know them. Life happens, doesn't it? In this room, this past week, there's been more than we could say grace over. If we knew the half of what was going on in our church family, if you just knew the half of what was going on in my family, we'd all like, whoa, man, he needs help. Can you say with me, I need help? Could you convince me? I need help. That is a big statement. Especially when we're driving down the road, guys, and we don't want to ask directions. Okay, moving along. I need help. God never, never wanted us to be isolated independence. He put us together, husband and wives. It's good. Family units, it's good. The church, it's good. This is God's design. And we know we just finished up talking about the Word of God, didn't we? Sharper than a two-edged sword. We know that too. And all Scripture has been given to us by inspiration. Why? It's profitable that the man of God, the woman of God, can live rightly. God has the answer. It's found in his word. We know already we talked about this area of prayer. Ask. Seek. Knock, and it should be given unto you. Prayer is one of those moments for me that allows me to take a request to God directly to God and hear myself say it, and sometimes just saying it will change my perspective. Prayer is an unbelievable tool that God has provided for you, direct access into the throne of But we also see the Holy Spirit of God. You want to look at John 15 and you begin to understand why the helper was given. We needed a helper. And we have one that resides within us. We come down to the decisions of life, the demands of life we'll talk about tonight. But this one right now, making decisions shouldn't be based on popularity. This one, I couldn't get all the word in there, but we know circumstances, right? I call it stuff. Stuff happens. In the midst of us making a decision, <laughs> the ebb and flow of us getting here, it's just been one of those things. I mean, it's just amazing how God has worked. Now, when we were on the other end of it looking before we came down here, and when I'm sitting on the side of the road and the trailer had fallen off the back end of the U-Haul, 
I said to my wife, I don't have a good feeling about this. <laughs> feeling? God turned that around almost eight. I had to eat my words as the gentleman who came to rescue us. We had the opportunity one more time. Right? You just don't know. God brings them in. Sometimes he closes the door. Sometimes he opens the door. I'm just sharing this wheel of decision making. And then he puts people into our life. Godly people. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Not just anybody, but we're talking about godly men and women who can be part of our lives that can take and help us with life. Five areas. They're not necessarily in any specific order. Sometimes God uses them differently. But I want you to know, my friend, when you look at making a decision, really, you will see these five areas are vital in counsel. Jesus wants us to know the truth. We understand the fact that we can't be protected from problems of life. Wouldn't you like to do that with your children? Isn't that what we try to do? We try to protect them. But there comes a time when, guess what? We've got to let them experience a little bit of their <clears throat> willfulness. You know when they get up on the couch for the first time? And what do you do? You run over and you grab and you take them off. They get up there again and then they start to bounce on the couch and you run over and you stop them. And they continue to bounce on the couch and then you notice they're bouncing from chair to chair. Well, guess what? One of those days, try as you will, they're going to experience gravity. Experience is not the best teacher, folks. Evaluated experience is. We cannot be protected from life. Like, why does this always have to happen to me? Instead, he wants to guide us and direct us through the minefields of life. As your Counselor. I wrote something down. I don't know if I can find it or not. All my notes, Jeremy. I got tons of them up here. Could this be why the wonder wears off after we receive Jesus Christ? We no longer go to him with an expectant heart, but try to figure life out by ourselves, within ourselves, for ourselves. Wonderful counsel.
quickly as you go out the door here. Ask, seek, and knock. Don't give up. And when God does reveal his will to you, gracefully accept it. Don't argue with him. Don't revisit. Get a second opinion or an option. There's no money back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Because God has his best for you. Where were you when he created? Let's put him back where he needs to be and let's allow him to have that in our lives. As we go out this year, we talk about the names of Christmas. We can talk to him. He's wonderful. And now we can say to people, he's a counselor. He can help you through the minefields of life. Amen? Let's stand together. Dear God, we thank you for the opportunity this morning and time is in your hands. And so are we. There's been many a thing that has happened this week already that have challenged us. God, I pray that we would look to you and our knee-jerk reaction would be to quickly go to you. God, we know that that's not going to remove the challenges, but it will give us your divine guidance and direction to walk through even the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil, for you are with us. God, we thank you for being counselor. May we exalt your wonderful name to all that we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. I think there's a couple of quick meetings following church this morning. Uh, For those of you that are involved, please help yourself there. I think Jen's going to meet you somewhere down here. And if we could meet with the Christmas committee just briefly, I just want to touch base with you. And uh, let's keep praying uh, for the week. And uh, hopefully tonight, if you can make it out, we'd love to have you. God bless you.